Welcome to the set piece of the Banter Pub FC. This is just a condensed version of what you normally get from the Banter Pub. And what we're doing is today we're going to talk about the NWSL and the salary structure that was just announced um, in the past couple of weeks. Well, what we understand is that they, the minimum and maximum salaries for the players in NWSL have been upped by, you know, 10% from 20,000 minimum to 22,000 and 50,000 to 52,500 maximum. Um, I know that sounds really awkward given the quality of the players you watch when you see the NWSL players and the teams compete against one another. It sounds like these players should be getting um, paid a heck of a lot more. We're here to discuss um, exactly that reaction and some of the nuances um, that are surround player compensation in the women's game in the UNI in the United States. Um, one of the first things to mention is like like so that increase from 2020 to 2021. That's that's nice. That's impressive. It's not as big as the Im increase from 2019 to 2020. And good grief! If you go back to 2013, the minimum salary was six thousand, and the maximum salary was thirty thousand. Like this is, you know, full stimmy ranges right here. Um, and for for people who play at the highest level of the women's game as far as I'm concerned. So, folks in the pub, when you saw these figures pop up on the timeline, how did it make you feel? And what was your immediate response? Uh, pay women equally, I think, is, <laughs> is the first automatic thing you think. Um, I mean, we at the Banter Pub, we don't have to stress that we enjoy and appreciate and lift up the NWSL because we actually support the clubs in the NWSL. There aren't a whole lot of, unfortunately, it's not as widespread as the MLS. However, um, when, when, when you're talking about comparisons, right, of how much uh, MLS players are being paid versus NWSL player salaries, even as far back as 2019, like, if, if you're just comparing 2019-2020 numbers of MLS players to NWSL players, there is a drastic difference. The lowest paid, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers from 2019 for, for the MLS uh, salaries right now, the lowest paid salary for an MLS player was $56,000. $56,000 for the lowest paid. And there are several players. There's about at least, at least... 30 players that fall into that 56K category. And I'm a, remind our listeners again what the uh, average salary for uh, the NWSL players was from 2019 to 2020, not counting 2020, 2021, but 2019, 2020? Well, I mean, the range itself was kind of... So 2019, the minimum was $16,538 and the maximum was $46,200, right? Like that, 
Um, and I think I think it, it behooves us to point out that the NWSL operates without a player. The players' association doesn't have a collective bargaining agreement on behalf of the players, and so it's structured kind of weirdly. And there are kind of other nuances to to take into account when you think about the overall compensation of a an NWSL player, but like brass tacks, like dollars to donuts or whatever, comparing 19, 2019 NWSL salaries to MLS salaries, the top tier of the game in the United States, um, there's it's, it's an appalling gap between men and women. It's, um, it's appalling. Like there, there is no, no one can challenge, no one can challenge the pay scale and the insignificance of how much, I mean, the highest paid player in the MLS in 2019-2020 was, was, was BMS, a.k.a. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, <laughs> who isn't even, who currently... He, if we're talking about justification of wages, he definitely did not do that. He didn't. I mean, he gave us he gave us a few entertaining goals, and that's it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did when he played there, did the LA Galaxy win anything when he was there? Not a goddamn thing. They didn't even make the MLS play. Uh, did they even make the MLS Cup playoffs? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look this up. We're gonna we'll get that. But before we get into that, I just want to kind of um, add to what you two were saying earlier. Um, you know the NWSL Challenge Cup final last season. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just looked up the ratings because I know there's going to be bare, bare crusty mandem out there talking about, oh, well, they didn't have, they haven't earned it. It's just like shut the fuck up and listen to the facts for a second because there was only one MLS match all season that averaged a larger audience than the NWSL 2020 Challenge Cup final. That was Nashville, Atlanta on opening weekend. <laughs> and Nashville. Is it is it Nashville a new expansion club? Or I'm sorry. Correct. Yes. Were, they, oh, well, sorry. They were new. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. They were new, but this is like their second season. And they had a pre- they had a pretty good run this season. Or sorry, last season, because this season starts on the seventeenth of April. Um but they set records with that final. With that final compared to um tw- uh, to 2019, the viewership jumped 293%. It aired on ESPN on an NFL Sunday and set records. I need people to understand that historically women's football has always been lit. When I was on uh, protagonist podcast, shout out to Dan and Josh. When I was uh, when I was when I was on protagonist soccer, I told you man this. Okay? All the way back in the day before any of us were knee-high to a grasshopper or swimming around in somebody's testicles. You understand? Before that, they were selling out Goodison Park in big, big World War II era business. You understand? They were selling out Goodison Park. They were outstripping men's attendance matches. The only reason why women's football got banned was because some dickhead thought it was, who happened to be president of the FA at the time, thought it was unsuitable for women to be playing football. Why would you say that after you made all this change? Why would you say that 
after you you basically it took in the spectacle, you hosted the spectacle, and then you turn around and you slap it down because it makes you feel, you know, nervous. That's the insecurity talking, boys. And yes, I am talking to the boys, to the young men and the men who keep acting as if that we are simply better than women by default just because we are men. And then want to turn around and get really, really upset when people are trying to, you know, express themselves through their own gender identity and also try to draw strength from that gender identity. I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways, gentlemen. The NWSL, there is no reason, literally no reason, why this pay disparity exists. None. And it shouldn't exist. The top earner in the NWSL makes the, what, the same or similar or less, I think, it was as mentioned earlier, than the lowest paid in the MLS? Ten grand less. What the fuck? Did, no! That's and unacceptable. That, and this is without a CBA on right. the books. This is, this, is, this is without players being protected, players having ad- adequate healthcare insurance, adequate um, uh, insurance if they have children, um, and, you know, healthcare for their kids. Like, all of these things are vital. A 401k like the MLS has. I don't know if they do, but, like, I know the MLS does, and I think that's important, like, to have, especially because – you know, as an athlete, your career runs only so long. Exactly. And so, and so for your uh, retirement to to be looked after while you're earning your salary, I think that's that's crucial, right? So, so I guess that's one point we can make is like, yo, we need to support the NWSL in in any action they take to organize and protect themselves and potentially together collective bargaining agreement i will also mention because it's it's relevant we're recording to uh today we're recording on the 11th of march which is exactly a year to the day exactly a year to the day that the women's national team wore shirts in the she believes cup with the badge blacked out with just the four stars so no support for the u.s Soccer Federation, they're repping the United States, but they chose to represent themselves and what they've accomplished by just the four stars a year ago today. And so, like, I, yeah, I guess if you take nothing away from this, take uh, our, I ask to everybody who listens to support the national team um, and not the Federation. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, support the national team, not the federation. I was just about to say, fuck the federation. But go ahead. No, that 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 was really my 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 strongest point here. And like, and I know people are gonna come back, uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever, and and talk about like, well, that's not what the the maximum salary is not the maximum take home pay of of uh, an NWSL player. Understood. U.S. Uh, U.S. Soccer Federation contract players have the capacity to make up to $100,000 off that. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a mixed bag of what can happen. But people aren't making millions like Zlatan. They're making a couple hundred thousand to 300,000 um, when you add all this stuff together. It also um, underscores the point that 
uh, Crystal Dunn made in her Forbes interview about being the face of soccer. Like, it matters being the face of women's soccer in the United States because that visibility provides an opportunity to earn uh, sponsorships, to earn income for your family, right? And so not only are we talking about equitable uh, compensation for the labor of representing this nation and also the labor of playing for these clubs in this league, um, it's also a, a representation, a, an issue of representation and adequate opportunities being um, allocated to players who bring what they do to the table. Right. I one is while the sal- a salary disparity disparity is kind of wild, and then just the fa- just to that point, Alma. I think I- I'm just getting uh, a broader understanding about you know athletes and their bargaining power and like what is actually assessing like what's at stake and you know we're in a we're in a capitalist <laughs> racist world and so within on a capitalist side it's very much tiered so when we think about athletes we think about um professional athletes we think about how we think about this a lot of times we think about folks that are like super high salaried um players and we don't really think we think that everybody is at that level when that's not the case. A lot of people that are super low on a level. So like when people are advocating for going and striking, like hey, we support the players. Like I understand the money aspect of it because like not everybody has the the means to be on strike for a long period of time because they don't make the type of money. The best players make well, quote unquote, best players make the most, while like everyone else that is role players. In in regards to fitness salary cap makes very little, and particularly in this case where they make NWSL that makes super little, and then that just like just just for that case like you can make you know six figures like uh, like uh, you know even that amount is not that much like you make less than three hundred thousand make less than half a million um, if you do but you have to do everything you have to be like a a fucking superhero to be able to make just less than, than half a million, which is like a standard for most men's professional sports, um, side, outside uh, MLS, but like NHL, NBA, NFL, all these different leagues, like that's 500,000 is like an absolute minimum. So it just goes to show what the nature of the game is. The nature just of, again, like this, our society is that they use the, they they will prop up people. The Crystal Dunn, like she's an amazing player. Uh, don't get me wrong about that, but like they need her um, to portray an image to what uh, the the MLS well NWSL is and what women's soccer is. What the federation is, the federation is doing that, and at the same time, like everyone else is like bottom tier in terms of salary. Um, so they're actually forced to play. Uh, the force like just co- let's comply with what the federation is laying upon them because they have nowhere nowhere else to go. It's just exploitation. Yeah, and just going off that, just thinking about the that low level. I know we were talking about it before, and we know everybody pretty much in um, 
pretty much except for the Federation players that play at NWSL would qualify for the stimulus um, that was just passed again. Um, and just looking at it, you're looking at the lower tier of things. Like we're looking at the fact that, um, I mean, last year they started off playing in about, I think it ended up being February, but they were playing till or March or so, but they were still playing till November and think about how long that is and how little like the lower tier gets paid. Like, forget a stimulus payment like these people probably have to find jobs wherever they're playing they're most likely away from like the home they would choose and then the people at the lower tier most likely have to find like some sort of supplemental income in addition to playing soccer week in week out making the practices and so forth just to survive and they're still doing it because they love the sport um it's pretty incredible that um Right. And it's so when we look at the Federation, we know that we know that the women's national team is grossly underpaid as well. And they're really the money makers. Like we just referenced the She Believes Cup, which they just had again here in Orlando. Um, that's still a money generator. The women's national team is the money maker. Like we're planning on sending like our best and brightest out to Japan for the Olympics if it still goes through. Um you depend on this league to continue to grow the sport. Like there's no buts about it. So if you, again, same issue with the Federation, same issue coming up with the NWSL. If you're not going to support the things that will grow the sport when they're not monetarily favorable for you, why, like, what are you doing at all? Like you, you just, you have to invest something in order to get a quality return. Like this is just, like the idea, and I get it, like, you know, Jonathan brought up, it's, it's capitalist, it's true, this is a league, it's supposed to generate money, eventually you hope it generates a profit, but how do you generate a profit if you're not going to invest in the human capital that is necessary for everything that you want to happen um, to take place? Like, what message does it send to the young girls who are playing right now who will just say, you know what, maybe it'll get me a college scholarship so I can get an education so I can get a real job because I'm obviously not going to play professional soccer. Like it's not a draw. So again, like if, if we're treating them like this, we're not taking, we, we look at somebody like Cindy LaRue who has a child. Well, first of all, has a child and is forced to play like three months after having that child. Cause that's just what it is to survive. And that's somebody who has a husband who's actually a pretty good star in the MLS, but it's just something that you got to do. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And that's one of your like favorite players, uh, who has won uh, gold medals for you. Um, and, and again, it shouldn't just be the top players as well, even though the new, uh, the new specifications allow those Federation players to make more money than they would definitely above six figures um, in additional cash. That's great for them. I'm happy that that's a progression. It's still not enough for the person who's still, the grunt player who's never going to make a national team, but still is pretty good and quality enough to be a professional in this league. Treat them like professionals, treat them like human beings and pay them a reasonable wage. That's pretty much it. I would only, the only thing that I would have to that is that that question that you asked earlier about um, why wouldn't you invest in the human capital that is your playing, you know, your players, your staff, your coaches and things of that nature. Because I think at some point we have to come to grips with the fact that capitalism was never meant to be a system to benefit everybody. It was only meant to benefit the few. Also, it exploits the labor of the human capital that you're supposed to be investing in. And it encourages greed, 
I mean, we went through the 80s in particular where they said greed is good and then just kind of entrenched that in the public consciousness. And it's just like, you know, factoring all the rest of the forms of bigotry. Um, and in this case, it's definitely a case of sexism. So I mean, what exactly are we supposed to, what exactly are we supposed to do at this point? Except mm, think about maybe doing the opposite of what capitalism has suggested for the better part of a hundred and well, longer than that, I would say. Capitalism has been around for a hot minute. You know what I mean? So it's like, as, as I've said before, I'll say it again. Give women the money. No questions asked. Like, no complaints, no bitching, no moaning, none of that. At the end of the day, the disparities speak for themselves because the history in which these disparities were levied out speaks for itself. And anybody who disagrees simply has their head up their ass, so far up their ass that they probably have to slit holes in their nipples to see the world outside. Or they're munching on the colon for lunch. I don't really know what else to do or say that hasn't been said already. The facts speak for themselves. These women should be paid a lot more than they're what they're being paid. It's just ridiculous to see this sort of stuff. Yeah. Big facts. I say, um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't point out a couple of things. Like one of them is like, um, we, we talked, you know, I'm a big fan of Crystal Dunn. I have the uh, I have the Dunn and Rapino four stars only shirts you can grab, um, and Crystal Dunn is essentially my my favorite player on the women's national team. Um, she plays for the Portland Thorns, and I believe that she signed for them in order to make her family situation a little more tenable. Um, she uh, <clears throat> place for them she's one of their star players the portland thorns um also signed um lindsey haran and i believe that between the two of them like i think they're foregoing the federation money um and the the portland thorns are paying them above um essentially they're paying them above the max in order to and and hitting against their their cap because they believe in these players. I think they both signed three year deals in the last you know whatever six months, um, and that shows a belief in those players and what they bring to the franchise. And they're betting. So so what happens in the in the women's game is like you can forego if you're a club, you sign a player, you can forego some part of their wages which if they play for the U.S. Soccer Federation and that, you know, it's, a, it's an advantageous situation. In this case, they're going kind of the opposite direction where it's going to cost them more against their cap to pay these women what they believe they're worth because they believe in them and they want to lock them down into playing for your franchise for, you know, the next three years. I think that's insanely brilliant. And um, I've mentioned before that I don't have an NWSL team. Off the strength of that move, I may become a Portland Thorns fan, even though the Orlando Pride and NC Courage, Chicago Sky, they have uh, they have um, inroads. I have no ties to Portland besides my love for Crystal Dunn. <laughs> um, and and 
you know, I don't know. It may it may work out that way. All this to say, before we wrap up, folks, do we have any final thoughts around equal pay, the women's game, and how we can better support them? I think it goes without saying, well, I, I think I started my point by saying, and we've kind of amplified it by saying pay women equally. I would just add that uh, the NWSL needs and their um, PA and their Players Association needs to do a better job of creating a solvent and concrete CBA. And they don't need to pussyfoot with the NWSL ownership. They need to go in there and play hardball. And if they need um, union folks, and if they need like other like-minded unions to go in there and help them craft what a CPA, and I'm not even, and, th- and this is me saying this without other sports kind of playing a role. This is me saying other unions that have created agreements that are solvent and concrete. Bring the bring these other union folks in here who know what it is to create this kind of workers agreement. So you, so that your CPA is going to last for several years. And unlike these other leagues that where they have to reinstate it every three and four years, make that thing the non you know binding so it it can be revised and updated for a new year, but it doesn't have to be recreated for four or five years. Keep that thing binding and on the books. Like the fact that they don't have one is my biggest issue. Word. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this um, before I pass the mic to the rest of the fellows is there is, I think it was introduced this week in the Congress, like it was last year, there's a goals act, which is like give our athletes level salaries act. And that was, it's a, it's a, um, it's a bill introduced in the house to pay the women's national team um, on par with the men's national team uh, to pay the women's national team wages on par with the men's national team. And it's, it was introduced by two Congress uh, women, Doris Masui of California and Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut. And um, that was recently reintroduced in, in this current Congress, trying to put the feet to the fire of the U.S. Soccer Federation so that um, funding for the World Cup in 2026 is withheld if they do if they continue to um, persist with the pay disparities between the women's national team and the men's national team. And um, I know that in the past, Joe Biden has tweeted um, for whatever that's worth in support of that um, that that particular bill. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Fellas, any last um, comments before we wrap this this puppy up? I would tell, I would say keep the faith um, for all women uh, soccer players. Uh, I will support y'all in any, any means, by any means necessary. If y'all calling for the total destruction and <laughs> rebuilding revolution of of uh the women's uh football structure um i'm there um if that's your first option even better uh so that's my that's my 
It's my two cents. And I had not much more to say after what you guys all say. I completely agree to the listeners. I just say, make sure we support these ladies. Um, make sure that we um, watch the matches, that we talk about it on our social media channels, whatever it may be, that when it's safe again, we go to these matches, um, that we buy the kids that, you know, man and woman, just buy, support, like get your kids watching, get your cousins, whoever watching. Um, if you're international, shout out to my people in Oman. You can catch this stuff on Twitch. It's there. So, I mean, we just got to support the ladies, too. Like Joseph said, we got to get them on the same financial footing as the MLS, if not better, eventually. Um, and just com com completely support these women in every facet of the game just so they can continue to work towards getting what they deserve. Well said. Fantastic. Thank you very thank you very much for hanging with us. It's been an amazing ride. Um support your NWSL team. Pick one if you're like me and you haven't picked one. Uh support them, support the the team, not the federation. Just fuck them. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Always watch your back posts. This has been a set piece from the Banter Pub FC. Salute.